Prostitution, the world's oldest profession. Illegal in most places in the world, and, like all things related to sex, a taboo subject we rarely discuss. But, in the rural counties of Nevada, where the West is still wild, pay for play is legal. My name is Jim, and for the last 20 years I've been a customer of the legal brothel system in Nevada. From its lavish high-end resort properties, to its small shacks in the middle of nowhere, from its connections to other arms of the sex industry, to the secrets it keeps from the public. I've seen it all, done most of it, and now I'm going to share it all with you. Join my friend Larry and I as we take you Behind the Red Light. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Red Light, your favorite informational... Where do we want to go with this? Adult show? Adult show. We're going with adult show. We're going with adult show today. I am Larry. The other voice you hear is our subject matter expert, Jim, but don't tell him that because if you tell him anything positive or me anything positive, our egos get too big and we can't leave the door. That's true. It's very, very true. It is very, very How true. How are you this week? Uh, uh, got some sleep. Did you get some sleep? Uh, well, no, not last night. I've got such a busy day today. I was, it was very, very concerned and my brain couldn't really calm down enough to actually get some sleep but that's okay because i'm i'm ready to go today and ready to educate and inform all right we are going to educate and inform but before we do we mm-hmm. got to do the p's and q's absolutely we are not here to enforce we are not no. here to encourage no we are not here to convince you to go no we are not here to promote no we're not doing any of those things folks we are simply here to entertain you to educate you and as a historical account of the legal brothel system in nevada and related sex industry type stuff. And there you go. And Mm -hmm. we do have an opening for the show. Uh, I just don't have it yet. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. But we're going to reference it because, you know, post-production. Yes. Yes. Isn't that a wonderful opening you just heard? Yeah, that was great. Outstanding. I I can't believe we got that on tape. Yeah. You know what else we have? What else do we have? We actually got an email. Yes, we have questions. And I am so excited by this because... Before you get to that email, I want to shoot out a thank you to all the wonderful listeners that we've... Yes, absolutely. And the response response that we're getting for the show all positive i mean we have yet to we have yet to make it and when i say we have yet to make it we haven't had one of those religious weirdos tell us that we were going to oh hell. thank you jesus no we haven't had any of that nonsense but until but... we do get that we have not officially made it. oh we'll get it i'm Look, sure i, I have no hoping. doubt of that but that is not this email great gugamuga no <laughs> we but this this email comes from a very dear friend of mine who I met on my very first trip to Las Vegas, and we have remained friends since. We've known each other 20 years. I mean, we're very, very close. We're like family with each other. And uh, that's my. Now, and I will use his internet handle because I'm allowed to use that, just not his real name. So to, to Fasty, uh, good old Fast Web there from all the message board days, nice to see an email from you. But what was interesting about this is this question, and you got the question because you monitor the email. Yes. This wasn't for me. No. It was not the subject matter expert. Rather, he was interested in you. Yeah, which is really bizarre because, you know, I'm okay. I'm excited by this because for the, I get to be I get to be the Larry for the for the next few minutes. Are here. you sure you really want that job? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> there are days where even I don't want to be. Like, I'm going to read this off. Hey Jim and Larry, I have an interesting question for Larry. 
Yes. Before I continue, I'd like to point out that Jim knows me well, etc., etc., the message boards, yada, yada, yada. And because of this, I already know, understand Jim's reasoning for the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious as to why Larry, a married man who would never dream to partake in these sorts of activities due to his monogamous relationship, would become interested in this topic. Was it Jim's open and frank discussion on his time in the business that uh, in the past that sparked your interest? Did Larry approach Jim with the idea of the podcast? How did all this manifest? Sincerely, Fast Web. Thank you, sir, for your question. And this is... I think this is actually something I'm surprised. We never really did cover this. No, we didn't. We never really got in-depth on why we decided to set up the show or why that I took the time to do everything that I did so we could pop yeah. this up. And because of, of, of our incredibly huge egos, mine in particular in this instance, yeah. I don't know that I ever really asked you. <laughs> so this is going to be as informative for me as it is for you. What did possess you to ask me about this? Yeah, it is kind of funny how, like, the because I remember... The day that I did ask you, we were driving to an event or on the way to an event or... Yeah, I think we were headed to a toy show, if or, I remember or right. Or figuring something out. I believe we were headed down to... Uh, I don't want to drop their name. We were headed down to Maryland to get yes. pre-shots for our um, opening of that show. Yes, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay. So uh, the reason why I asked you to do the show is because it's worth having on tape i mean it is worth people actually calling in and listening it's a very interesting topic that nobody wants to talk about mm -hmm. and i have a degree in sociology which I, I established and part of that degree in sociology is to look at social behavior issues or social issues from a scientist's point of view Mm -hmm. I mean, no emotion involved. There is some emotion involved in certain certain topics because if you aren't emotionally invested in what you're, then, then you don't care. Then yeah. you don't care. But outside of that, that that personal reason, because I I do care about lots of things, but being able to look at something like prostitution, something like drugs, something. Uh, uh, any number of taboo subjects. Vices, what have you. Vices from a scientific point of view go, okay, I feel about I feel this way about this. But if I'm able to look at both sides of an issue without having that personal um, attachment to it, it just makes life easier. In fact, I feel, uh, I strongly feel that we should probably go into a lot of other social issues without having that personal connection. And by removing ourselves from that personal connection and come up with a hypothesis and look at it, you know, using a scientific method. Solve the problem. It would solve the problem. Yes, better. wouldn't that be wonderful in our world today? Yeah, I mean, how many scienti uh, scientists are very passionate people? They're passionate about finding answers and, get it, uh, and getting to the truth of the science. Yes, absolutely. By creating a hypothesis. Now, at no point during their hypothesis do they... Um, uh, uh, I... I well, the trick there have I think a, is a, an emotional and, and personal response to what they're studying. Yeah. Well, the trick is is everyone forms a hypothesis. That's what we're all very good at doing. Yes. Where the scientist part comes in is then testing the hypothesis, mm -hmm. and they don't test it by looking for things that cause the hypothesis to be true. They they do it by forcing the hypothesis 
to prove itself. Yes. And that's what, that's what is so wonderful about the scientific method. And, um, I don't know how scientific this show necessarily is, but I do think that we we look at things in a way that allows people to question their preconceived notions on the uh, on the whole industry as a whole. And that's pretty much where we're at and where I landed on this. I want now you can't talk about sex in the same way that you talk about algae. What? <laughs> well, no. Or, or, or you know, a Rube Goldberg machine, right? And the scientific and the physics that involved there. Yeah. But you can talk about sex and and what sex does for somebody on an emotional level, you, or yeah. what it, what they do on a physical level. Well, and certainly it's it's an enormous uh, component of the human condition. It is, and the fact that it is treated with in such a taboo manner is somewhat absurd really when you think about it how are we supposed to have a productive sex life mm-hmm. if we're not willing to discuss it understand it be able to understand where each other is coming from whether we are sexual partners with them or not how we determine whether we're going to be a partner with them you know is largely based on our ability to communicate yes and as we've established on previous shows people do not talk enough with their partners about the sex life they're having with them. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's it's pretty cut and dry and to the point. I mean, we've we've looked at the numbers at, at preparing for another show that's mm-hmm. going to be a, a few weeks because I need to get all my p's and q's in order, and I don't want to lie to the audience. Right. But there is a huge amount of people who are. Uh, either participate in the brothel system, or are are, are are workers in the brothel system. Well, it's it's a it's a billion dollar industry. It is. Yeah, uh, somewhere between and, and and these are these are light numbers. Somewhere between seven hundred to eight hundred thousand people in this country were arrested for prostitution. Yeah, and you know what's interesting Yearly. is yeah, and and this is uh, at the time of this recording. It was just uh, announced uh, by the president uh, regarding the whole uh, on a federal basis for giving people who just had weed or what have you. And I'm not going to go into that, all that stuff or whatever. But yeah. but certainly the concept behind it is, you know, as he's now he's I'm paraphrasing the president here. But, you know, it the, the punishment does not fit the crime. And it does not. And and I would argue that in the case of prostitution, that's usually also the case. Uh, there is, there are so many times, and this is specifically with illegal prostitution, mm-hmm. that the the very girl being arrested is in trouble right from the start. She's she's in worse trouble with her pimp than she is getting arrested. And instead of recognizing this and saying we need to intervene in such a way to stop human trafficking we need to intervene in a way to positively affect these women and get them off the streets or get them into a legal version of this where they actually are making the money that they're earning uh where they are safe where they are protected where they have the power of law enforcement behind them protecting them instead of doing that we arrest them oftentimes completely ignoring the pimp Mm -hmm. in the process and many times ignoring the John, who, quite frankly, is just as guilty of exploiting her in that scenario uh, 
you know, I'm, I make no apologies for for the customers of illegal prostitutes. I, I make I no apologies for them at all. Uh, you know what you're getting into. And if you do something foolish and you get caught by law enforcement, well, that was on you. You had the option to get on a plane and fly out to Las Vegas and drive out into the desert and do it legally. You, you had that option. You chose not to. So, you know, now I'm not suggesting that... Uh, Again, you know, we've talked about escorts, and I do believe that escorts, especially the ones that operate very ethically, are a very gray area, and I understand that, but still, you're taking a risk, and you have to do that understanding the risk that you're taking. So I don't feel bad when a customer gets caught doing something foolish, uh, but the girls, I, you know, oftentimes, like I said, the ones working illegally, how many of them are there of their own accord versus not? And that's a major question. And this is why I have that curiosity. Mm -hmm. This is how you find things out. You don't yeah. find things out unless you ask questions. I understand that the the, the Nevada brothel system and, and prostitution is not talked about regularly because it is a taboo topic. You brought yeah. up you brought up cannabis, and in the federal uh, the the federal deregulation that President Biden is trying to do, it's trying to vent the penal system it's trying to get those people get those people out of it that don't need to be in out it, of so it to speak and think of think of what a federal charge does to you i mean think of the careers that you're missing out on think of uh, the job opportunities think of the people well, that you can't get in front of certainly it's the same types of things that a conviction in the sex industry gives yeah. you it's very similar we we all these types of things that are considered vice have the same negative impact because, you know, if a woman working in the sex business, she can never, ever, 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 ever after that. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more time after her time in the sex biz than during her time in it. Yeah. There's never going to be a time where she can work with children in any way, shape, form, or fashion. A lot of uh, medical jobs will not accept them. You know, there's plenty of industries where just by the fact that they have worked in this industry. And now let's take that a step further. What about the poor woman that was trafficked? Mm -hmm. Gets out of it, but is still disqualified through no fault of her own. She was a victim, but is disqualified because we we continue to victimize the victim by not addressing the reality. It's easier to sweep it under the rug. We don't want to talk about it because it's sex and that's oh we can't we can't discuss these things. And so because we can't discuss them, we can't discuss the way that it can be done right or wrong, the difference between right or wrong, what that looks like so that we have the ability to recognize it and then do something about it when it is wrong. And that's really what it boils down to. We need to be able to to see the differences between when it's done truly right. I'll give you an example. I just watched a documentary that I'm going to send to you because I think we should deep dive on this documentary at some point. All right. But it's uh, in short, it demonstrates the amount of human trafficking going on in Eastern Europe right now. Oh, yeah, and, tremendously. And the number of girls that are then trafficked to places where prostitution is legal and the one that they demonstrate is Amsterdam. And I didn't know that. I mean, I know Amsterdam where it's it's legal there, et cetera, et cetera. But what was happening is because there's not near as much oversight that goes on there as there is in the brothel system in Nevada, mm -hmm. they're getting away with trafficking, trafficking these girls through that. So no one's paying attention to it. Well, because it's legal. 
except that because it's not being controlled the way that it should be controlled, it's left open for these clowns to do something horrible. Whereas if there was a sheriff involved, as there is in the brothel system where you you had this multi-layered system in which the girl is interviewed and then she's interviewed again and then she is sent for a sheriff's card where law enforcement has the chance to be involved in this scenario. You know, you can you can you could begin to really eliminate these sorts of things. Okay, and we're back in some sort of way. Folks, this is going to be a very interesting episode where we're jumping around and, you know. Yes, I, I was in the middle of explaining something and, and you had a, had a knock at the door. Yeah. So uh, uh, I went on for a second and then realized that you weren't. <laughs> it wasn't was even near. But anyway, I mean, I think I can sum it up, though. and We can get back on track here by saying, you know, this. there are reasons we do this. And I think yes. that's really what, what my buddy's question was all about, which is why we do this. And why we think that, that this podcast was important and that's why it's important it's important because there is not only are people curious about it but when you start to peel back those layers then you realize that there's this whole underworld that functions illegally that we could really be cleaning up if we were discussing things like legalization on a country base on a countrywide basis well speaking from a countrywide basis too i mean look at the documentaries that are that are on television, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, Discovery Channel, True TV, things along those lines. This country is more obsessed with murder and violence... Absolutely. ...than discussing passion, emotion, and sex. Well, it's, uh, it's sadly more comfortable for people. It's more comfortable for people to, see, uh, to turn on a horror movie and watch somebody get gored out. Yeah. As opposed to seeing two people who love each other. They're more comfortable seeing it in real life. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. We go by a accident scene. Our our drive is to look. Ooh, are we going to see the gore? Yeah, we're going to see but the violence. You, but if you would go by the same scene of two people that are having a public display of affection, and it wouldn't even need to be that severe. Mm -hmm. Think of the number of people, and you've seen this a hundred times in movies, the first thing a mother does is cover her child's eyes. Yeah. Averts their eyes from it. We look at violence. We look at blood. We look at gore. We look at all these terrible things, but we turn away from the things that make us most gentle and the things that make us most uh, human, really which is that touch and that interaction and that love for one another. No, me personally, I don't care for public displays of affection. I well, just it's not for me. Well, and, and that's you know, it's an individual thing. It's like it's like any other as we were when we were reviewing the menu. Mm -hmm. It's like anything else on the menu. Maybe it's for you, maybe it isn't. Right. But ultimately, there's nothing wrong with it. And I think that's the that's the uh uh, past a point of uh, obviously of of being uh, uh, offensive. I mean, I don't I, w I don't think that people should be you know having sex in a park bench. No, don't misunderstand me. But you know, decency needs to be con considered. But certainly, if if somebody sits there and is having a kiss, I don't I don't find that to be offensive. I will put it to you this way, and this is probably going to be a bigger topic down the line. When I was living in Belgium. Or not, uh, not living in Belgium. I was visiting Belgium okay. when I was living in in Europe because I, I spent three years in in Holland, and I spent six years in Germany collectively. And it was my time in Amsterdam that was really really interesting because mm -hmm. that was the first time I ever saw a leather daddy. 
Oh, oh, like, yes. It, it, we we were coming out of the Anne Frank house mm-hmm. of all places. Yes. And if you don't know who Anne Frank is, you should be ashamed of yourself. Absolutely. But we were coming out of the Anne Frank house uh, with my parents, and we were walking down the road, and coming down the 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 opposite were two guys with the like the harnesses. The, and... They 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 looked like they were in Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, that's I, quite the juxtaposition, absolutely. I didn't quite understand what was going on other right. than, oh, man, it's really hot outside. Those guys are wearing that? That's ridiculous. Well, what age were you at that time? Oh, I was 12. Oh, God, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's so definitely beyond I had you at that point. no idea what was going on. Yeah. Only to flip back and realize what was legitimately happening in front of my eyes were two grown men who made a decision that they were going to dress like that. And... Nobody else had an issue, and it was socially acceptable in Amsterdam for these two just to walk hand in hand down the street. Well, it's been you so can't do that here. No, no, today you can't do it here. There, there is a, there is a reality that that we, uh, oh, in most places here, you can't do it um, without getting drawing attention to yourself. No. Um, it was so normalized. Well, I was going to say there's a reality that I know that in Europe... There's a part two because I want to bring back my... Okay, well, my, I'll, I'll let you get to that. My, I, I my think, Belgium. Yeah, there's a reality in Europe, it seems, that there is uh, less concern about touch and public displays of affection, what have you. There, There's just... It's a different... Uh, it's a far different scenario than it is here in the United States. The, 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 the different... And I'm about to explain the huge difference. Mm-hmm. We were in Belgium... And they had 30-foot billboards, 30-foot billboards of a topless woman yeah, in her underpants. And, of course, every time you drove by it, like, all the, the, all the kids would teach, oh, you're looking at the thing, you're looking at the thing. I found one person on that school bus that goes, yeah, I'm looking at the thing. Look, there's boobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there's boobs. Because, you know, we're 12 and... Big giant thirty foot boobs. Absolutely. I mean, I'd have looked. Yeah, and 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 everybody was like, ah, like just the the tempo of that bus on how they were making fun of every like kids making fun of other kids for looking at the boobs. Mm -hmm. But if that was a billboard for the next video game, full of gore or a slasher film or something along those lines totally different uh reaction and well, the reaction yeah. in in europe and i guess this is the point that i'm trying to get to is the sex and the violence are flipped it's flip-flopped like e- e- egregiously like you uh, movies with, with with egregious violence Mm-mm. um they have uh like an r to nc i don't know what the rating system is there yeah there's there's a it's a uh it's a much more severe rating system for intense films yeah and uh, same with video games you have to be above a certain age to go see that or or or, or be anywhere near yeah. the violence yeah however you can pick up a magazine and on page 6 is a topless woman yeah that's just that's just how it is with well, that in, society. In, uh, in the UK, what's it? it's a page three girls or something like something that. Something like it's that. It's been going on for decades and yeah. decades. Of that's just in the newspaper. Yeah, and where it's a it's a it's a naked woman. Yeah. So it yeah it's overseas. It's it's much more common than it is here. That's for sure. And so because I was uh, uh, I spent nine years around you know just the openness of another culture and their uh, and how they view sex. 
and the juxtaposition of the openness of violence in this culture, and I come over here, of course I'm going to have questions and curiousness. I mean, you know, I walked down the street where prostitution was legal, open, and everybody saw it. I come over here, you have to drive out to the middle of a damn desert. Yeah, they keep it as hidden as possible. To, like, participate in something that consulting adults do. Well, and here, here's the here's the weird part about it, is that prior to guys like Joe Conforte and and even more so in the case of Dennis Hoff, um, as as owners of brothels, you know the idea was out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. We keep a very low profile. We don't advertise ourselves. We don't make a big deal about ourselves. We don't want to attract attention. We don't. Yes, no attention. Attention bad. Yeah. We don't want attention placed upon us. You know, guys like uh, Dennis come along, and Dennis is there. Why not? I'm mm-hmm. here to make money. Yeah, you know, I'm advertising my business. That's the way it is. And Dennis, as we will, I'm sure, talk on on a deep dive on Dennis Hoff oh, at yeah. some point. Dennis drew a, a great deal of hate from a great deal of places, and and one of the main contributing factors, especially early in his time owning the Bunny Ranch, was the fact that he was so open about the business and putting it out there and the other owners and the owners association where he's going to bring the hand of God down us and we're all going to be gone. And it's going to be because of this clown not shutting his mouth. And of course that none of that happened, but uh, you know, ultimately that was the fear and that's how things have changed. You know, even so you're talking for decades and decades from legalization up until recent times, it was thought that by the, even the owners that they shouldn't talk about it. They shouldn't advertise what they do. They shouldn't be out there in the public forum or anything because for fear that the average American would just object to this so strongly that they would be, you know, the pitchforks and everything else and burning the building down and all that type of nonsense. And and it's weird because there's 350 million souls roaming the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, Using souls as a, 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 you know, yes, 350 living, breathing humans. Mm-hmm. We're not all going to agree. We're not no. all going to get along. And go figure that probably, you know, 50 to 60 million Americans have a different view on sex than somebody else. We have a great deal of concern in this country for what the other guy is doing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which I think is is you're allowed to lead a free life provided you follow my rules. Yes, your neighbor accepts it. Yes. Otherwise, you're a pariah of the whole block. And I, that's yeah, that's uh, that's something we're very bad at, and we need to we need to really work on correcting in this country because that would fix a lot of things. Well, uh, you and I are, are aren't very uh, politically biased. I guess is a yeah. is a good way to put it. We are we we do not have any political bias. We have an issue bias. Yes, where you know we discuss the issues. We live in a country where half the people don't like the other half, and they think the other half is lying to them, and they should be living like the half that they live instead yeah. of just accepting how the other half is living. Well, we also live in in a in Western society right now where the reality of the interaction between young men and women is quite different than it was 20 years ago and insanely different than it was 50 years ago. Um, Some of the recent numbers that I've read of the number of men that are in their 30s that are still virgins. 
in oh. this country right now, and largely based on the fact that um, women have standards that are so high right now that they are only reflective of about 10 to 12 percent of the male population. So as a result, you have about 85 to 90 percent of women chasing about 10 to 12 percent of the men. In that in that dating rate, I know it sounds ridiculous, it but does. that's the way it is. And, and, and I, so, I, I'm sorry, ladies, I love you, but some of you don't deserve that kind of attention. Well, it's they call it the rule of sixes, where they all want a man who's at least six feet tall, who is makes at least six figures and has a six pack. And, and what that, do they bring to the table? Well, that's that's oftentimes the argument that you know <laughs> is that if you hear a lot of the the red pill guys and everyone that does things like this, where they're saying. You know what? Exa- you know you're you're a mother of three, and you know yeah. <laughs> you but uh, you know until but where I'm going with that because I'll I'll let guys the guys that handle that red pill stuff handle that. That's yeah. not our job here. Where I was headed with that relative to what we're talking about is these men need to be aware that an option exists. Yes, they need to know that that they can they can feel complete and they can the idea of being what's the term incel i think it is where yeah. it's uh, uh 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 incel where 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 guys are involuntarily against you involuntarily celibate yes no you don't have to be involuntarily anything if you if you don't wish to be involuntarily celibate by all means please get on a plane go to nevada and go out and and partake you are not weird for wanting sexual contact or to be touched that that is a human need no the weirdness is the falsehood and these expectations of certain women to think that something's going to happen when they if if they've already got three kids you know they done screwed up well there's that Uh, i mean certainly not saying having three kids and then you know having a relationship fall apart that's totally different not what we're talking about no no we're not and and you know there's also a number of women that i i I read this article recently where it's it was focused on women in their 40s and 50s who had spent their entire career you know worrying about their career they never married they never had any children and now in middle age they're saying okay now i want to settle down and they don't understand why no man will look at them and they're there well i'm successful and i have this and i have that and i'm and you know the the article is trying to explain well you realize that the man that is 40 or 50 mm-hmm. and has the six figures yeah you know, because women won't date and she's not going to date someone who's making less than she is right so you know in order for her to find love yes she still wants that but she wants that with a compatriot who is also making 100,000 a year etc cetera, etc cetera. well but that guy he can get a 20-year-old. Yeah. He can get a 20-year-old. He can get five 20-year-olds. He's not going to settle for a 40-year-old woman. He's not going to do that. I'm glad you didn't say he could get 25-year-olds. Well, I mean, he could. 20. He could get. The, the, listen to what I just said. Yeah. 20. Five-year-olds. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Five-year-olds. Well, well, realistically, if he had another couple hundred thousand, he could probably do that, too, illegally. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Epstein did. Yeah, my, my point. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I. but the, the bottom line is, is that the average man puts emphasis on youth. They put emphasis on attractiveness. They do not care whether a woman is successful or not in her job. 
We are going to continue this conversation because we're having a great potpourri conversation today. Yes. Um, but but be- that is the answer to why we do this. But yes, that is the that is the explicit answer of why we do this is because we wouldn't have this train of thought to go off on to mm-hmm. discuss important topics like emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And physicalness and more importantly safety because this is more of a public safety announcement than anything else because we're here to inform and and not judge without a doubt so based on that if you want to get a hold of us please go to behind the red light 702 at gmail.com drop us a question we will read your question anonymously because you know we don't want to get you in trouble and jim has another thing to tell absolutely you. if you want to hook up with us socially you could go to the book of faces good old facebook there and you can find us at behind the red light please give us a like interact with us we promise we don't bite we only nibble now uh and and and, and now that we've reached the end of our show i am off this week to go to exotica in new jersey dirty jersey i will be there this weekend and if you have what is the date for that? Well, that would be uh, the, the October twenty, whatever, whatever that is weekend. There, I don't know the date you, off the you, top you, of my head. You are not prepared either. No, I was not prepared for that question whatsoever. We have which <laughs> is, is that the twenty fourth? I think which is turning into uh, October twenty second. Yes, twenty second. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so that weekend I will be there along, along with my buddy Stripe and uh, another individual that uh, I, I I I go to the brothel system with. But you'll see me in a Bunny Ranch t-shirt on Saturday, and if you see me there and you want to come up and say hello, by all means do so. Again, I don't bite, I only nibble. Oh, and I believe that you'll be handing out some paraphernalia as well. I, I will. I'll be handing out some business cards. I'll gladly pose for photos and all that jazz. So, hope to see a bunch of like-minded folks there. And I think with that, we've reached the end of our show for another week, Larry. Yes, uh, I will be staying at home and mowing my lawn. Absolutely. This is, <laughs> this is Larry. That's Jim. That's Jim. This is Larry. You all have a fabulous day, and we'll talk to you real soon. Goodbye. <laughs>